Hey everybody, welcome to the sec. Are we the second? The second Q and A. The first. The first Q and A. Ten. Um, got a few questions that we we talked through today. Um, you know, first, what strategies do you recommend when you're effectively competing with um, large established brands? Um, how do you handle criticism and negative feedback as a business owner? Um, when you're not the tech person, how do you actually innovate? And finally, um, you know, a lot of folks asked us about uh, feeling overwhelmed by the choices of influencers um, in the market and knowing how to sift through them, how to choose them, how to be successful with them. Uh, enjoy. Abigail, I got, a, I got a number of questions coming in from, from folks around the country. Um, so here from, from Carlos in Texas. Um, what strategies do you recommend for small businesses to effectively compete with larger established brands? Um, mm. so I, I Good love question. I'll, I'll, I'll let you start and then I'll jump in. Okay. So firstly, you've got to, even though you're, you might be a solopreneur, that's actually your strength. People mm -hmm. resonate with humans and often your messaging can be more authentic because you're a smaller one man band. You can be more uh, you can shift and morph more agile and um, tailor your things in a way that a much larger company, they are never, ever going to be able to do that. I've got so many departments to go through to get things signed off. And people like that that personal service that actually you yeah. never get now with the larger companies. So that's actually your superpower. Well, I think you know, the, the the other thing about you know smaller businesses is that the large brands, I mean, they're a machine for profit, right? That's kind of how they are, right? They're they're designed to continue earning revenue in in a very established, predictable way, which is kind of what every larger company aspires to predictable revenue that is profitable but as a small company you can find the shadow that they can't see right you can see things you can spot places in the market where it's just not part of their their equation as a business to focus there and that's actually where a lot of businesses can actually build you know you can grow without sunlight for a number of times before anyone notices um and it just it gives you this this one up um you know i find that what small businesses often do without even realizing it is that they're they're, find, they're finding these pockets of the market that are not being focused on by others. Um, so and, and that allows them to establish. Yeah. Yeah. You say about profit. I know I've coached and mentored numerous previous clinic owners who have mm. then gone back to being the solopreneur and they're like, oh my goodness, A, my stress levels are so much better because <laughs> I'm not trying yeah. to manage a team and my profit margins are higher. I actually think you've got scope as a solopreneur to have higher profit margins. That's interesting. So so that that's actually really interesting because you think that that's actually your worst um, your, situation. Your turnover might mm -hmm. not be as large, but surely all business about Profit margins? <laughs> What's in our pocket at the end of the day? Well, you have the best control over your your costs, right? When you don't have a team, I mean that that's the thing with you know so many businesses. Um, you know, as soon as you get a team, it's almost like there are, the costs just rise much faster than just simply saying one salary. Oh you yeah. You have the associate. Not only the time you lose because not lose, but you're spending time managing. You're spending time, you know, recruiting. And then these people have other expenses that are associated with them. You have to get a payroll system. You have, 
And um, I think that, that, that you have to be prepared to accommodate that expansion of cost. But if you're solo, um, you know, you, there, how many stories have we had of people who live at the back of their shop for their first few years while they're getting themselves off the ground? Like you can really minimize your, your cost footprint. Um, and then I, I can you totally can see that. And also some of the bigger companies, um, you need the skill set and your skill set might be with your passion. But actually, suddenly, if you're employing staff and things, it's like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I don't know how to manage teams. I don't know how to, you know, so actually, then you need to actually employ someone to manage the team. So well, I I wouldn't try and compete. I actually, uh, going back to the question, I wouldn't try and compete because it's a totally different thing. Um, and you as an individual, that is totally your superpower. Yeah. So like Carlos, if they're playing checkers, go play chess. I mean, it's just... There we go. If you're going to play the same game, you, you can't, it's so, I mean, how do you win at the same game of someone who's so well resourced? You kind of have to play a bit of a different game. Um, and then all of a sudden, all, you know, you, you, you tilt the board in your favor <laughs> um, until you're the, until that's the game everyone else wants to play. So um, interesting. One of the things I found was yeah. as the solopreneur and the expert, some of those big guys ended up wanting me to consult to them because they could see my expertise. So there's actually another way that you can find your own place and position because the bigger guys can't be as agile and they're like, oh my goodness, look what they're doing. So that's another aspect of my business was paid for consulting or ambassador you're, roles. You're pulling a thread on something that I think is just so misunderstood um it's not the pie is big there is enough pie very often for lots of us like you we you know so many people th i don't maybe it's just the metaphors that are all used in business that it's some sort of a military you know zero sum like one person wins one person dies and that's kind of it but the, the pie is actually so big that you're what you would say is your competitors can actually be your customers your clients your advisory yeah. clients they want to know what you know um it's there's there are a lot of situations where it can be zero, but so often there's just there's a lot of business to go around. Um, yeah. You know, if you spend too much time, like I think you know, so much time thinking about to compete with, I'd say focus on the customers that you have, and that's your vector for growth, not like beating someone else, but rather you know elevating your customers, and that that creates your your bigger pie. Okay, so let's kind of then uh, talk about this because your core product because it is a product doing a treatment, maybe that's your core product actually doing your treatment. But then thinking mm -hmm. of your customer or potentially other businesses, what other products could I develop? Maybe there's an mm -hmm. ebook. I mean, I've published two books, but now you could very easily sell an ebook on, I don't know what Carlos does, but I don't know if he's an osteopath or something. Maybe his ebook yeah. is how to deal with, with, bad posture i don't know he's it's he's not going to ruin his clients coming back to him but it's another product that he can upsell to them um yeah. so there's always other ways that we can maximize our revenue as an individual as well so let me go to sophia in washington okay um, i'm overwhelmed by all the influencers out there how do i know which one to work with and so let me let me actually say that i will actually challenge that question it's not which one you work with, it's which ones your customers or the people you want to be your customers are watching. And that's who you got to figure out how to work with. I think it's yeah. not which is the influencers and then it happens, um, where are your customers' eyeballs? 
Okay, so I'm presuming that, is it Sophia? Yeah. Yes. Is she an aesthetician potentially? And she's thinking yeah. about inviting influencers in to come and have a treatment. Okay. Firstly, all influencers love a free facial. <laughs> you will not get any problem getting an influencer in to have a free facial. So being really strategic, because I know we can get overwhelmed or just yeah. like, oh my goodness, they want to come in for a treatment. Of course they fucking do. <laughs> But we need to think about our business. Is this freebie actually, or even if it's paid for, because obviously mm. many influencers now want paying for as well. How is this going to benefit my business? Can I film mm. this? If you're going to come in for a freebie, I'm right. going to film this and I'm going to rinse this on social media. Um, yeah. But it is your core customer might be a 50 year old woman I don't know so mm. it's finding like you said I think the influences that they're going to be following and sometimes it's not the influencer in the beauty arena it might mm. be a food influencer who they are obsessed with maybe it's yeah. best actually broadening your view because sometimes the beauty influences it's like oh god is she just selling something else whereas mm -hmm. if you had a nutritionist in who you respect their voice maybe then oh my goodness she's having this particular treatment wow i respect what she's doing so broadening the actual invite as well you know when we were you know in the earlier days of north one um one of the most eye-opening experiences we had was we would go to um, interview small business owners and just talk to them about their business and how this is. And we said, can I just look at your phone? And with them, I said, like, who, like I, you'd open up Facebook and what are the ads they're getting, which is kind of a, kind of a downstream of who they've been, you know, they, it kind of reflects what your interests are. You look at Instagram, like what are the things you're following? And you just go through what's on your home screen, what apps are on your home screen? Like this is where your, your attention is. Um, I think we learned, I learned so much around um, how little people sometimes think about what you think is the most important thing in the world. Just mm -hmm. to your point, like maybe this person is not at all following beauty influencers. They're all about people who are in the home remodeling space because that's what their passion is. And all of a sudden yeah. that person says, I got an amazing treatment here, you know, and all it just, it, it clicks. I think there's this, this, this amazing um, humility that you get when you realize how the thing that we're consumed with is kind of this much of someone's day. And so being able to be relevant in their life actually thinks about expanding um, the places in which we show up. Yeah. I actually think the power, if, if as an aesthetician, the power of a before and after is more powerful than an influencer on your treatment bed. Yeah. Oh, that, I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, let's got one, maybe one or two more um, okay. from David in Ohio. How do you handle criticism and negative feedback as a business owner? Good question. You, to start with, you often take it to heart and cry yourself to sleep a few times. Um, but you, what I've learned is to put myself in that moment into that position of the other person. What is potentially provoked them, upset 
them what might be going on in their personal or professional lives to actually respond in the way that they have done. So it doesn't get rid of whatever has been said or commented, but sometimes it teaches us compassion as to why someone has felt that that was necessary for them to do that. And it can just take the, the sting out of something um, yeah, I, I, I had it, I mean, earlier in my career, um, you know, as a getting negative feedback was the most personal, you know, the personal way to kind of just stick something right through my heart because it was, you know, my, every ounce of my energy was being, is and, and was being poured into building the company and, and to hear like a criticism was not just like a criticism of a particular part of the company, but it was a criticism of every ounce of my energy that was like mm. you know, there. And I, I had to go through a growth curve. I had to go through first, it would hang with me. I would wear that criticism in my mind for weeks sometimes, not being able to shake it. And it would actually send me in weird goose chases. I mean, it would, I heard this and then I found that I was all of a sudden doing the opposite of it for a few weeks, not, not even realizing that this comment was sitting in my head. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really the process of at, at a certain point when enough of that comes in and to be when enough contradictory criticism started coming in, I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> it. It was this release where none of it makes sense. And the only voice that I really had to start listening to was my own. And then mm-hmm. people that I actually could weigh their judgment and say, this is a really good critique. That's total garbage. That person has problems. That's why I'm getting that kind of heat. But this is gold. This person gave me good criticism that um, that hurt. And I'll just hear this, this one little two by two in my mind. I always re- remember this. You know, one is, you know, how do you feel at the end of something and how much did you learn? And the best situation is when you feel awesome and you learn something amazing. It's kind of like yeah. a one of those day-long courses, et cetera. But you also have the, I, I feel terrible, but I learned something very, very valuable. And, and that's yes. the real value in that. Absolutely. Because actually growth never comes out of a comfortable situation. Whatever criticism or whatever it is, how are we going to change or improve or make ourselves or our businesses better unless someone has the balls to say, dude, I don't know how, that's rubbish. So sometimes we actually need that that to to grow. Um, Totally. but, But... Going back to, I'm thinking of some of the comments that I've had on my YouTube channel. Um, I mean, blatantly calling me out as a effing Jeff in whatever. She's stupid. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Some of that you go, ooh. But, you know, it's usually a bitter person who is going through something themselves well, that so, feels it's okay is... to say them. Well, I mean, I always think of, you know, when you, I, you, know, when you get some of those very nasty messages of all the things you could choose to do with your waking hours in the day, you yeah. went online to throw shade at someone. And that that's actually the best possible use of your, it's a, it's a very, you put yourself like you have to be coming from a bit of a dark place sometimes. If yeah. That's but actually, I'm quite flattered that you had the time to do that. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean it feels better, but you just then realizing like, I wouldn't want to spend my time just yeah throwing things. Um, Okay. Last, last one. Um, yeah. Okay. So the, this is from uh, Michelle in New York. How, as a small business owner, how do you innovate when you aren't a tech person? 
How do you innovate when you're not a tech person? Um, so innovation doesn't come from tech. Innovation comes from heart, from head. It mm. comes from maybe inner desires or thoughts or passions or needs or wants from you or from your customer or potential customer. One of the mm. things I have learned in business, and it's neither a positive or a negative, some people are creatives, literally mm -hmm. ideas yeah. sprout out of their ears, whereas others, that's not how they're wired, but they might be blooming amazing organization, strategy, spreadsheets, that kind of thing. So potentially, if you're not the innovator, you might be the more practical, strategic, maybe partnering or bringing in an innovator if that is something that you're feeling within your business. I'm the one that wakes up at two and three in the morning with like crazy, crazy ideas. And then yeah. like like 50 billion of them, most of them then never happen because I need the strategic, the structure, the that, the that. Um, so innovation doesn't come from tech. Tech can help make it yeah. come to life. Well, technology is a tool, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. to me, yeah, the, the innovation is actually knowing your customers and, and kind of understanding what it is they're asking for. And sometimes it's something you offer. There's no innovation necessary. Like I think innovation for the sake of innovation is, is just odd. But if you realize that there's an unmet need in your practice, in your product, that the customer is, you're hearing this through customers, that's the moment when you actually may have an opportunity to innovate for the very purpose of meeting someone's, you know, unmet needs. Um, I think that's something where people get lost. Like you think that innovation is just, it's just a change, right? It's just something building, iterating something new. It's not the end itself. It's the means to an end where there's a yes. demand that you're able to meet. But I also find if you're in that mindset of, right, I need to, I need to innovate. <laughs> it's not yeah. going to happen. It ain't going to happen in those moments. Right. It will happen in those moments at two or three in the morning in that dream that you go, oh my goodness, I must remember that. I must remember that. And then you wake up, it's like, I'm sure I had a really good idea. There's a mo I was listening to a podcast. Um, the moment just before we're about to fall asleep is when our mind is at its most creative and innovative. And someone was explaining uh, that they... Uh, they will put something in their hand so they lay you know with their hands like that and as they're falling asleep then the hand will drop so it'll just kind of wake them up at that moment of falling asleep just enough so just in case they're having a creative moment at that they still have that oh I could just write down those few thoughts I haven't personally tried that yet I'm the one that is getting I up at three in the morning <laughs> I would just, I would be so think, I'd be, be so obsessed with thinking about the process. I'd actually never fall asleep, but I love it. I, if I could find the kind of the, the, the Zen to get to that point, I think that's a really powerful thing to experiment with. That'd be very cool. I just know yeah. for sure I'd mess it up. <laughs> 
So the name for my um, podcast uh, came in a in a dream. So my podcast it's called Knowing Me, Glowing You, and uh, my mum passed of dementia in twenty nineteen, and she was a crazy ABBA fan. And in this dream, I was brainstorming with my mum about podcast names, and she came up with well darling it's got to be knowing me glowing you and that was one of those things when I woke up in the morning I it was there it it was just there um so there's also Amazing. those little magical moments that can sometimes crop up yeah. in our lives as well for innovation my actually fair enough that my my worst but best situations is when I'm on I, I go on very long jogs and I'm recording voice notes sometimes I have to stop my jog because I'm so out of breath because I need to record this idea it doesn't let me get good jogs in. Like I'm constantly starting and stopping, but it people, I mean, I'm just sending flurries of messages because of all these things that are starting to settle. So I guess, yeah, it's whatever that, that is. That's when I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose maybe it's finding your space that allows your brain. Yeah. I know I used to do a lot of that when I was driving in the car, obviously not a safe space, but that we all have those moments where maybe our life, uh, our brain is just a little bit more ignited or, that slightly calmer state that you know those innovations can start popping up well to use the word that we were started with serendipity mm. I love that. <laughs> um abigail thank you so much for your time this was awesome i will i i appreciate you know the just jamming on these questions with you this was this was fascinating thank you thank you so much it's been lovely chatting with you as well likewise <laughs>